Welcome to Malicious Mamas, a podcast dedicated to an all-female perspective on lore, legends, and the creatures of the insomnia-driven fears you have at 3 a.m. I am your host, Nikki Mandiola. This week's Mamas takes a turn into some criminal activity. Not in real life, obviously, but I thought it was about time to introduce another side to the show. These two ladies definitely fit the malicious bill perfectly. I found their rivalry and overall history both comical and tragic at times, which drew me to dedicate an episode to the pair. I also knew very little about the early gang wars in Sydney and felt that their story provided a perfect description on the whole scene. So let's get down to the business, shall we? This week's topic is Kate Lee, Tilly Devine, and the Razor Gangs. To really capture the presence these women had over Sydney throughout the early 20th century, it's important to look at the origins of these razor gangs that reigned supreme during that time. In 1927, Sydney passed the Pistol Licensing Act, which carried out severe punishments for possessing concealed firearms and handguns. Due to this, gangs dominant in the area chose razors as their preferred weapons to commit their crimes. Miss Lee and Ms. Devine adhere to this restriction by carrying blades of their own. Before meeting them at the peak of their empires, let's dive into the origin of these ladies. Born Kathleen Mary Joseph Bean on March 10, 1881, in Dubbo, South Wales, Kate was the eighth child of Timothy Bean, a bootmaker, and his wife, Alice. Abused and neglected as a child, at the age of 12, Kate ended up incarcerated at the Parramatta School for Girls. When 1902 rolled around, she married James Lee, an illegal bookmaker and petty criminal. After assaulting and robbing their landlord, along with help from his wife, James was jailed in 1905. The couple continued their separation upon his release. It was at this time that Kate began a relationship with another Australian gangster by the name of Samuel Jewey Freeman. Kate's new beau was no better at avoiding imprisonment than her last, and after an armed robbery gone wrong, Lee tried to provide an alibi for her love. Providing bail and alibis for many gangsters and racketeers, this move was not uncommon for Kate. This failed, however, when Kate herself was arrested in 1915 and sentenced to five years in prison on mostly sex work convictions, which she vehemently denied. Her relationship with Freeman ended somewhere between this point in 1922, when she married drug dealer Edward Joseph Barry. During this time, and from her home no less, Kate's organized crime empire began. Deemed queen of the underworld by the press, her illicit activities included providing illegal goods and services at exorbitant prices, sex workers, prohibited betting, gambling, distributing cocaine, and running sly grog venues. A sly grog shop is an Australian term for an unlicensed hotel or liquor store where the beverages were most likely poor quality and sold by unlicensed vendors. Throughout her career, she would run over 20 establishments. 
Kate ran these facilities relatively smoothly until the crime crackdown of 1930, which I will further explain a bit later on, when she was arrested on charges of cocaine possession and consorting. Sentenced to two years in prison, she still managed to get out after only serving a year. For some reason, Kate was allowed to pay a 250 pound fine to avoid the second year. Despite arrests throughout later years, Lee's wealth continued to grow during the 1930s and 40s. Multiple courtroom appearances were often described as legendary, with her look consisting of silver fox furs, large-brimmed hats, and fingers covered with diamond rings. This is where we will suspend Kate's story, at the peak of its opulence, to learn about her rival, Tilly Devine. Matilda Mary Twiss was born on September 8, 1900, in Camberwell, London, to parents Edward, a bricklayer, and Alice Twiss. Starting sex work in her teenage years, Tilly would remain in this business for the rest of her life. In 1917, Tilly married James Edward Joseph Devine, a serviceman of Australian descent. Returning to Australia in 1919, Tilly followed her husband on the bride ship Waymana, which reached Sydney in January of 1920. Continuing sex work in her new home, James became her protector and chauffeur. As of 1921, Tilly accumulated 79 convictions from this work, as well as on counts of indecent language and offensive behavior. Finally being imprisoned in 1925, but this time it was due to what was deemed a malicious wounding. Devine had walked into a barbershop and slashed a man with a razor. Around this time, Tilly was deemed worst woman in Sydney and queen of the night by the press. The 1920s led Tilly's husband to dive deeper into the criminal underworld where the couple dabbled in illicit activities, including Sly Grog. When the 1930 crime crackdown occurred, Tilly took an absence of nine months, returning to England. At the beginning of World War II, Tilly was well established as a madam and her business was extremely profitable. This was due to a loophole within the Australian laws on brothels, which stated that no man could run such an establishment. Tilly took full advantage of this. During this period, her appearance was described as opulent, and she donned her own set of diamond-clad fingers. The 1940s was an all-roses for Tilly, as she was going through a very public divorce as of 1943. Dealing with years of abuse from her gangster husband wasn't grounds enough for the judge residing over her case to grant her separation. The judge wanted a witness testimony of abuse, which was virtually impossible to collect. This did not deter Tilly, however, and she managed to convince someone to testify on her behalf. After the divorce was granted, Tilly married Eric Parsons, a Navy man, in 1945. This was promptly following being charged with trying to murder him after shooting him in the leg. She would later refer to him as the best man she had ever known. While her brothel would continue to churn out profit throughout the 1950s and 60s, her prominence lessened. This now takes us to the rivalry between these two gangster queens. 
while each woman took advantage of their female position by exploiting sexism and managing to outlast some of their male counterparts, they really never saw eye to eye. No one can distinctly point out how their rivalry started, but what can be said about it is that it was personal. An extremely rare eyewitness account of their aggression toward one another was described by Maggie Baker, a Sydney policewoman at the time. While on patrol during her first week on the job, she was confronted by Tilly, who shook her by the shoulders in public. Just at that moment, a tram passed by the scene and Kate flew from the car, punching Tilly square in the face. Their relationship continued violently like this for years. Because of the laws regarding firearms, the women used razors to slash up each other's workers, dealers, stores, and brothels. Toward each other, however, they stuck with their fists. In 1930, Sydney passed a law giving police the ability to arrest anyone they believed possessed a bad character. Although not the best idea in hindsight, it truly worked to silence gangs in the area for a while. Kate ended up in jail, as mentioned before, and Tilly took her absence. Both of their organizations continued to run during this time, and when they returned, each lady came to a conclusion on how to use this new law to their benefit. You see, police were ruled by public opinion at the time, and a person only had to seem like a seedy character to be hauled off by law enforcement. Kate and Tilly then began to use newspaper press releases in order to rat out the other. After a while, a truce was instated between the women and each decided to spend their time and energy on transforming their images. Press releases were now used to draw a spotlight on their acts of charity. Out of the two, Kate really thrived under this new life path. By 1948, the pair actually became friendly with one another, mostly because everyone they knew was either dead or in prison. If that's not a good enough reason to nurture a budding friendship, then I don't know what is. Although each lady became outwardly generous in their later years, both managed to end their lives in poverty. Kate filed for bankruptcy in 1954 after failing to pay 6,191 pounds in taxes. Tilly managed to accumulate 20,000 pounds in taxes and fines as of 1955. In February of 1964, Kate passed away and happened to be remembered more for her philanthropy with her wartime patriotism and generosity toward the unemployed than her years as a criminal. Upon her death in November of 1970, Tilly was not so lucky to have her criminal background washed away. Whether it be due to age or maturity, these women managed to forgive one another after years of violence, which to me means that if these rivaling crime bosses can do it, anyone can. On that note, let's conclude this episode. If you have any suggestions on mamas you'd like me to cover or a spooky tale to share, please send an email to maliciousmamas at gmail.com. If you're looking for more mamas in your life, Follow Malicious Mamas on both Instagram and Twitter. 
Also, if you could rate, comment, and subscribe to Malicious Mamas on your favorite podcast app, it would really help out and I would greatly appreciate the feedback. Until next time, keep it real, mamas.